0: Hey guys, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast. Scott, before we start today's episode, tell everyone who our sponsor is. Hey guys, when you buy leads, you're digging through the same pile of leads as everyone else. You never know if you're getting to them first or if they've already been picked through by your competitors. The best leads are the leads that you generate yourself. But where do you start? With Colex dates, you can build your pipeline with hyper-local prospects that you generate such as targeting the neighbors of your best customers so you can discover more customers just like them. Or you can pick an area of town where you want to start doing business because you know your city better than anyone else. And since Colex Dates provides multiple contact points like landlines, cell phones, and email addresses, you don't have to worry about how to get a hold of your ideal customer. So whether you're calling, running an email campaign, dropping a ringless voicemail, or uploading your list as a custom audience on Facebook, we've got you covered. Generating your own leads can seem daunting, but when you put Colex Dates to work for you, you take control and can target your ideal prospects and have more conversations right on time. Colex Dates. Let's start generating leads together. That was a great job, Scott. The guys over at Cole x have put something together really cool for only Insurance Guys podcast listeners. Head over to KohlXStates.com forward slash Insurance Guys podcast. Fill your information out and they will contact you with a very special offer. That's KohlXStates.com forward slash Insurance Guys podcast. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast, hosted by yours truly, Scott Howell, and the incomparable Bradley Flowers. For agents, by agents, we're here to share real-life experiences, tips, and insights related to all aspects of both being an insurance agent and running a successful agency. So sit back, turn up the volume, and let's get down to business. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. I am your fearless host and leader, Mr. Scott Howell, agency owner and insurance evangelist with I Protect Insurance and Financial Services, based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome. He is a six foot three sophomore from Saraland, Alabama. Parade first-team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent, and ladies and gentlemen, he is a great American. Please stand and put your hands together for the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? Man, I am doing fantastic. I don't know that I've had two people on a podcast in my life that I would rather talk to. I could talk to both of these guys. We could probably do a twelve hour podcast with them. Probably so. Guys, I am humbled. I am honored. I am blessed to have two people on this podcast today that are in the process of changing the insurance world as we know it. They are not only thought leaders in the insurance industry, but I keep hearing the word in every podcast that we do. We talk about innovation and digital and going to 100% digital platforms and all this other stuff. These guys are the tip of the spear on that. I have been honored to meet one of them and his beautiful wife. So let me go ahead and introduce these guys today. So our first guest is the agency owner, president of Zinc Insurance. He lives in Russell, Ohio with his beautiful wife, Jennifer, and their three kids, Sophia, Cooper, and Charlie. He is one of the guys I'm talking about, as tip of the spear here. And the other guy really needs no introduction. He is probably, in my opinion, the leader across the independent agency platform in terms of technology. He has the best website I think I've ever seen in the independent agency world. Safeco just named him the innovator of the year, which is a big deal to me and should be a big deal to all of you guys. He just got a check for his favorite charity for $5,000 from Safeco. And not only all of that, guys, he is the president and CEO of Excalibur Insurance. Please Google search Excalibur Insurance. He is in Clinton, Ontario. His wife is, in my opinion, the first lady of the independent insurance world. Her name is Una. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the other incomparable, Mr. Seth Zaremba and Mr. Jeff Roy. How are you guys? Yeah, doing good. Jeff, how you doing today, brother?
1: Doing fantastic, guys. Uh, wow, it's quite an introduction. Uh, I appreciate the kudos, and uh, we're just trying to help everybody get better together.
0: And that is why I love you so much, Jeff Roy, because I told somebody the other day, I've never met someone that you know has as much knowledge and is working as hard as you are to create something different in the insurance industry, but has zero pretentiousness about you. You are very quick to tell anybody who will listen that you're just an insurance agent that wants to help other insurance agents. And I'll be damned if that's not what this podcast is all about. That's exactly so, what it's about. Um, Guys, our mission on this podcast is to help insurance agents in any way we can. Sales, service, hiring, firing, networking, accounting, content management, Facebook advertising, which we just had a fantastic podcast on with Nick Berry just a few minutes ago with Rocket Referrals. Guys, anything we can do for you out there, we are the Jeff Roys of the United States of America. We just want to help insurance agents. I don't care what it is. We just want to help you guys. So, Let's get started on today's episode. And gentlemen, before we get started, I know today's episode is on open APIs. And if I'm one of the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this podcast right now, including Scott, I don't even know what a freaking API is. So I think we have to kind of roll the clock back to explain to a lot of these agents out there that are listening to this, first and foremost, what the hell is an API?
1: Well, it's, uh, I would say it's a building blocks of insurance. Uh, it's a way that we are able to connect and pass data between brokers or BMS and AMS systems and companies, and also all your different applications that agents use. And you know, API stands for Application Program Interface. And the API is a standard, basically a standardized tool allowing software to communicate with other software. So when we're passing data from my AMS system into the company system, it allows us to do that. And the problem we have right now is most of the insurance companies have closed systems and that data is not passing. So we got a, a road that's blocked. And, uh, you know, I guess if you want to use a Canadian analogy, a big moose or deer in the middle of the road blocking us from making progress and because that data does not pass back and forth easily, we cannot provide the customer experience that we need to provide. And you know, Seth and I are on a mission, along with a number of other agents and brokers, to open up the doors, make sure that information is flowing seamlessly back and forth. Our own agents and brokers don't have to waste time going into company portals. You know, there's a lot of things that these closed APIs are causing in the industry, and uh, we've got a limited time to get this right, or the insured techs are going to jump in and eat our lunch when they're building something from scratch.
2: Jeff, and that's a perfect technical explanation of it. And the problem, I guess I would make it simple for any agent out there trying to learn about APIs, let alone spell it. The basic principle is we are at a gunfight as agents with pocket knives. We do not have the technology or the tools to compete in the marketplace against any customer-focused business. That could be an insure tech, that could be a direct writer exclusive, whatever it is coming down the road. We are standing at a fight with a Swiss Army knife and everybody else has guns. APIs would put guns in the hands of the IA channel and allow us to compete on a fair and square level with the rest of the industry. And my bet is that agents with a fair fight are going to win a lot. And APIs are a key way by which we can start to compete and win our fair
0: share of fights. Okay, guys. So by the way, that was by far the best explanation I've ever heard of that. I agree. Listen, I watched Jeff Roy give an amazing talk at Mike Stromso's Be Unstoppable Bootcamp. Towards the end of that conversation, he started talking about APIs. And I literally wanted to raise my hand and I wanted to say, I don't know what an API is, Jeff, so... (laughs) But that is the absolute best explanation I've ever heard. I do have one question for both of you. If we had a third guest on this podcast right now, and that guest was an insurance uh, carrier executive, and he was going to give the reason why companies won't open up these APIs, the application program interfaces, what is their rationale for not doing it? And what would you say to them?
2: So I'm talking to these folks all the time, and I love them the reason they can't is because most of them are on legacy platforms. And so a lot of the technology and insurance cycle technology at carriers are legacy. And so it is not uncommon to talk to a CTO or a CIO of a carrier who is operating on a system that's 30, 40 years old. Mm. And it was built on and dependent on the sole way by which insurance moved in the 1980s and 90s, which was upload-download, that Ivan's network. Uh, It's the string between two cans that allows you to communicate. And so you've got an antiquated system by which legacy technology was built. And so a lot of them, as we're talking to them, are saying, yeah, I want to do it, but I can't. What's changed is now that they're coming off these legacy technologies and as they are improving and platforming their interface, they now have the capability to say goodbye to that upload, download, that string between the cans and to say hello to these interfaces that allow us to move what we were moving before through that string. But in addition to all the other information that can be used for pre-fill, for uh, intelligence and for informing agents and their customers on a better way of doing business. And so lots of good people running awesome companies, but they're stuck on 30, 40-year-old systems. And over the next three to five years, as they are all replacing those and they're platforming them, all those platforms now are API dependent and will open up all sorts of opportunity for independent agents. They need help understanding how to apply it and what the practical use cases are. So when agents ask, to give me an API, oftentimes they can't. The agent doesn't know what they're asking for. The carrier can't do it. And they don't have a business case um, or an application to use it for. So it's the wrong conversation.
1: Mm. Nail it right in the head. And uh, the one issue we have, it's like 10 people running up and down the stairs. Every company's on a different flight of the stairs at a different level. And the cost to set these new systems up and to get onto the new platforms like the Duck Creeks, the guide wires of the world are not cheap. You're looking at hundreds of millions of dollars for big carriers to do it. They don't come out of the box. They're not easy to use. Uh, Wawanesa company in Canada, for instance, you know, and economical. They're into hundreds of millions of dollars putting the new platforms together to connect. The good thing is they're way ahead of the curve of other companies that haven't embarked on this. And uh, you know, a one-year, two-year lead could be the equivalent of a 14-year lead in the old days in the analog world, so the companies that get this and get this right and get a lead are going to have a huge advantage that uh, the fast followers may not catch up on, mm. so the stakes are high for these companies to get it right. Just a lot of companies that have a lot of excuses and reasons not to be doing it quickly enough, but uh, the light bulb has gone off kind of with the top, more progressive companies in both sides of the borders.
0: Is there a concern by the company executives that opening up these APIs could also somehow open up the opportunity for client data to be compromised as well?
2: Well, Jeff will talk about the current system because um, he explains it well. It's not all as cracked up to be, but these are risks. Everything mm-hmm. has risks. We're all in insurance. So sure. um, data is going to be a commodity and it's going to move. So the same principles apply whether you're on 30-year-old technology or three-day-old technology. you mm-hmm. got to do the right thing. So they are concerned about access, as they should be. They're concerned mm-hmm. about regulation and regulatory issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're they're concerned about standardization with these APIs. If 5,000 agents storm the castle, and they all want 5,000 different connections, that's a lot of development time and a lot of duplication of effort. And so, all of those are legitimate and honest reasons for it, I think the least of which uh, is the security piece of it. Gotcha, Jeff, you could probably talk about how safe everything is now.
1: Well, as I said, said, companies are doing a ton of work trying to batten down the hatches, (laughs) and, uh, you know, again, we all know about cybersecurity. You can do everything in the world, but there's new threats coming, you know, thousands of new threats coming every day. So, security can always be a reason not to do it. It's kind of like insurance brokers not wanting to offer quoting and stuff online because somebody might have an E and O. They're excuses that are nice, but once you drill into them, it's not the reason not to do anything and put your head in the sand. There's a lot of technicalities in there, but the big thing is they have to look at you know passing their data and uh, you know transactional. I think one of the things we should talk about is there's data APIs. There's uh, you know, a lot of times you're getting claims details, payment schedules, rates, rules. That's the data that you need as an agent to do business with the company, to give quick answers, to get things done. And also, you've got transactional APIs where you get new business, policy change, renewals, first notice of loss. So you have these different things that we need to be enabled. And uh, you know, in terms of security and infrastructure, that isn't a real issue at that point. It's a matter of building the architecture and figuring out how these things work. It's a kind of reimagining the industry and uh, you know, a kind of a painted picture. What can it look like? How easy can we do it? How do we remove friction, that's what we need to focus on and how to do that. The security will fall in line because most of the platforms, the security is there, it's safe, it's built around it and that's a consideration. So I would point out that Security can't be a critical path stopping us.
0: So guys, I would like for you to speak to the agents listening to this right now. And I guess my first question is for agents like myself and Bradley and other people that are listening to this program right now, I know that you guys are the tip of the spear in trying to make these changes and working with the leadership at different companies to help them understand the importance of this. And helping them make these changes, but is there anything that we, you know, meaning the agents listening to this program right now, can do to assist in working towards helping these companies make these changes? Good
1: question. Like basically, what what we're doing. I kind of give you what we're doing in Canada. Just kind of give you a backdrop. In Canada, we had two initiatives going to get everybody involved. We have the DX Principle Initiative with the reusable services and I can explain that and we had the broker flow and we were lucky enough in Canada the Insurance Brokers Association of Ontario led by Colin Simpson actually went out and visited a a bunch of the top carriers to find out what their challenges were what the roadblocks were you know what stage they were at uh, with opening up APIs and having APIs and he had a really good sense of where the industry was at and we brought a solution forward that had went through three or four phasing in Canada where we would build one trans. Later. So, you know, if I'm a company and I have one API, I only have to build one and it'll communicate with all my vendors. And likewise, a vendor builds one API and it communicates with all the companies. Mm. And uh, we were going to own that as an industry, not a company owning it, but the industry owning it together. So basically we could work together, reduce costs, keep, you know, not turning it in for profit model and try and get companies that would be four or five years away uh, working in a year, one to two years with this project. So that was something we tried to building Canada, I have unfortunately bad news. As of yesterday, the project they only had one vendor apply out of fifteen because most of the other vendors wanted to own it and control it and profitize it, which that fit into their business model no right or wrong so unfortunately that initiative does not appear to be going forward but it got everybody together talking about opening up apis and working together and getting everybody at the table which is very positive so if you look at apis and connectivity we like to look at it as the plumbing and the electrical in a house it needs to work let's not compete on how the plumbing and electrical works let's compete on the appliances—the thing that's plugged into it that's what we're trying to build in terms of an infrastructure in both Canada and the U.S. so let's get that built. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, that one idea didn't work, but it did bring everybody together. And what it did is it pushed the other initiative, which is called DX Reusable Services. And what it means in English is, uh, you know, what uh, IBAC Canada mapped out is you should be able to send a message directly from the BMS or AMS system, and it should go directly to the company and using the standards. So in Canada, we have CZO standards. You use a cord down in the U.S., if everybody uses the same standards, it should be able to send and the company should be receiving it. Well, one of the challenges we have in Canada is everybody doesn't use all the standards. They use a bastardized version of the standards and they use a thing called a Q code where people have made up their own standards. Instead of going to a cord or CZO saying, hey, I'm going to have a new standard because we call this question, our million dollar question, something different, we're going to create our own code and it's going to screw everybody up and it's harder to map to. So, one of the challenges we have is everybody's not speaking the same language. We've got a lot of slang on both sides of the border. And again, if we can get everybody on the same version of XML or uh, custom JSON, which translation, those are just two ways of transporting the data between company and vendor. If we can get everybody on the same version, it's going to be a lot easier to translate. There still needs to be translation happening at both ends, but that needs to happen. And what's happening in Canada, there's a new thing called the DX initiative that's being launched where we're setting up working groups in Canada and we've got currently about 15 to 18 companies where the companies and brokers are going to come together and we're going to try and map the connection between the vendor and the uh, AMS systems or we call them BMS in Canada and once we build those APIs we're going to put them in a document put them in a repository in a place uh, where people can actually access them look at them and try and help each other so we're trying to look at getting companies and vendors to work together and share what they can and again Again, it will be a little more difficult than what I've said, but those are some things that we're trying to do in Canada. And likewise, Seth can talk about Project Neon initiatives in the U.S., which parallels what we're doing in Canada. We're trying to, first of all, make all the agents aware what an API is and why they need it. Secondly, they need to be pressuring their companies and vendors to get there because we do have a gun to our head called InsurTech's and new entrants that have all this stuff stuff figured out of the box. They don't have legacy issue and problems, and they can completely eat our lunch. So I'll kind of pass it over to Seth. Um, Seth can kind of speak about Project Neon and what that looks like and what agents need to understand and what they need to be saying. I could listen to that all day. That's just like an insurance tech uh,
2: nerd fest, like (laughs) – Algebra. I love it. (laughs) I love it. Uh, To answer your question, uh, what could agents do? They have to be ready for change. APIs are coming. Um, The carriers are adopting systems that are going to be compatible. They're going to find a business case for it. It's going to create a new economy of insurance on how we do business. The acceleration of change for agents in the next five years is going to be massive. And so every agent who's listening to you guys has to be thinking about the new economy. They have to be budgeting for change. They have to be building their culture around change and they have to say goodbye to their sacred cows. I can't tell you how many agents I talk to. They're like, yeah, I'd like to do that, but can I still build the same way? Well, Jiminy Crickets, APIs are going to make everything possible. And if you're holding on to your sacred cow, if you have not built a culture of change, and if you don't have a budget that can support the kind of investment you're going to need to make to be compatible with it, you might as well be planning your funeral right now. Mm-hmm. So the thing I would tell you, Scott is get your house in order, get your data in order, get your budgets and and figure out how you're making money. Maybe you don't buy a condo in Myrtle Beach this year and you invest or you get ready to invest in the platforms that are going to be dependent on this because the people who go early and go fast on this are going to have a distinct advantage. And when that train leaves the station, you may not be able to run down the platform and hop on before it leaves for the next town. And so agents have to have their head on a swivel now and they have to be banking money banking strategy and banking killer culture. Because when this hits, it's going to be high speed and it's coming right in your face. Oh, for sure. I mean, the acceleration of change, agents have no idea what's coming. But Jeff and I are, I mean, him and I are in Columbus, Ohio next Monday talking to four carriers about how to do this, not if we should do it, but how we're going to do it as agents and how we're going to do it as carriers. And I get out of that conversation and I get jacked. Me and Jeff will be drinking beers at three in the afternoon on Monday afternoon saying this is going to be awesome. But immediately, both of us look at each other and we're like, Dude, this is going to lay waste to a lot of agents who just want a lifestyle business because APIs means the death of the lifestyle agency. You're going to have to have a culture of performance because the speed of which things are going to move is going to be massive.
1: Yeah, to change it changes slow until it's not and that's what's happening is there's a, a tsunami coming to wash away people that aren't getting it and changing and there's still time to get to higher ground and it sets that higher ground is changing your culture uh you know learning and about new technologies and getting educated uh you know figuring out what's out there and actually uh, I, said, I always i like the painted picture exercise what does winning look like what is a dream scenario of how connectivity should work not what bms vendors and companies push at you telling you boy this is the greatest portal ever invented Said nobody ever in the history of insurance. You know, like people are telling me, you know, I know back in the early 2000s, people told me how great their portal was, and
0: I said it'd be great if we never had a
1: portal. Yeah, It's it's fast, sexy, and sleek, right? But it should be straight through processing, and, you know, we need to get that kind of set up working because we need to map that functionality out to our clients so they can provide service at their time when they want to, and there's still a huge value. One of the misconceptions is everybody goes, well, if I use this API stuff and, you know, i a you know, computer's doing everything, I don't have a job. No, our job changes. We can actually spend time managing risk, connecting with clients, doing the things we get paid for high value, and the simpler stuff of printing an auto ID card and different things like that, looking at policies, checking banking, making payments, that can be done a lot easier and more streamlined through chatbots, mobile apps, and websites. But the problem is the plumbing's not there, the APIs aren't there, the connectivity's not there. So we have, uh, I would say, lipstick and a pig right now, where you know people think they're using a high tech solution, and behind in the kitchen there's 40 people running around with the forms and doing things traditionally. But it's got kind of a lipstick and the pig approach where it looks technical, right? So we need to drill into that quickly, and we don't have five years to do it. We've got one to two years to start getting this down because uh, it'll be somebody that's not currently in the insurance business, like an Amazon or. Google that will come in and sideswipe everybody because they can get through all this stuff in seconds. Uh, they've already got this stuff built. They just haven't got into our platform. So that's one of the guns to our head.
0: I want to drill down just a little bit. Obviously, you guys are in the ocean right now and you're used to being in the ocean and you're, you know, you're having these conversations and from a technology and from a uh, verbiage standpoint, you guys are just so far ahead of the game compared to other agents. But I want to go back to something that Seth said about budgeting for change and the platforms that you'll need to support that change. Give me an example of some of the platforms you're talking about that if I'm an agent right now, instead of buying that condo at Myrtle Beach, and I'm putting money away to be able to invest in some of these platforms, give us some examples of what you're talking about.
2: Well, if you look at it right now, agency technology is completely disparate. So we're running 20, 30 different systems to run our agency. They don't talk to each other. They don't have the connective ability of that. And it's the most shameful thing. We talk about um, agency management systems as agency technology. Um, we have built a whole economy around those set and known expenses, and we're getting pummeled on the inefficiencies by which we've become tolerant. So we are now have built our lifestyles, our payrolls, our expense ratios, all of that have been built on those inadequate technologies where we're losing scale, the new economy of APIs are going to be platforms, they're going to be user licenses, they're going to be adopting new and better connective technology. And all of those things come with uh, data conversion costs and Mm -hmm. with new licensing costs that don't exist now. And so we're so used to eating a bowl of oatmeal for 99 cents (laughs) and calling it good. When the thing we should be eating is a $15 breakfast because it's better for us. Well, Mm -hmm. it's going to be the same thing. If we have built an economy around that bowl of oatmeal, then we're going to be screwed, glued and tattooed when they drop what we should be having in front of us. And I know because I'm building that stuff and Jeff and I are working on it and the costs are different now. They're different because they're better. They're going to create different and better scale within our organizations, and they're going to allow our organizations to make more money consistently, which feeds our carriers. So they're essential. We've got to do it. But the cost structure is different. And so lifestyle agencies have to start banking differently uh, with these coming changes because the cost of doing business is going to go up. The sophistication is going to go up and what's required of your people. And when that happens, you've got to have the culture and the money to support it. If you do, then guys like me and Jeff are going to make sure that every agent who deserves to win can win. And that's really what I'm talking about. These new technologies are going to be different cost structures. And it's going to require different talent within your agency. And you've got to be thinking about that now. So
1: just to jump in and stuff, like to get actually to go down even deeper for an agent to actually figure it out. like We need to make sure that we can track what's going on on all your social media, all your channels. You know, be able to, to track if your clients are on your Facebook, Twitter, are they interacting? We need to be able to check our email and uh, a software program. And there's different ones out there of uh, people are opening email. Is what's the open rates? What's the engagement level? And then taking that information of when they're on their website, social media, and lead scoring and uh, your clients to see if anybody's at risk of defecting, to find out which uh, prospects are more motivated to buy, a platform to be able to house all that stuff to make educated decisions. And then ev- even down to your phone system. You know, most of our phone systems right now are dumb, they're analog. We're not getting any data yet. 50 to 60% of the stuff's done on the phones, yet, agents don't have the tools to analyze the conversations well enough. So a tool to actually get that. So there's a bunch of different software programs that are going to integrate and talk to each other, so you can actually track every touch point of the client journey and actually put that into the cloud and analyze that and start figuring out what to do with that information. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's you know that's I don't want to steal some stats on the thunder, but there's a number of different software programs people are using right now, but they're all using them unconnected. And I know myself, like we've got probably 45 to 50 technologies at Excalibur. They don't. All talk to each other. So the spreadsheets and information I have to grab to look at to make decisions at the end of the month of how the hell we did, what's our acquisition cost per client, what's our close ratios, you know, those kind of things. I've got to overlay a bunch of things that don't play super well together. And it's very manual and tedious. You know, if I can have that in a dashboard in real time, where things are going, and I can start pivoting by the second or minute, not at strategic points in time, that's going to be a huge tipping point in our industry. And that's the kind of stuff agents need to be looking at. Is how do I get everybody- everybody to talk to each other to provide a better customer experience. There's a whole bunch of technologies in there, but you know, I don't know if you want to get granular, but in the neon solution, there's different ones that are integrated in there that seem to talk really well, that'll work as a starting point. So
0: one question I had, and this is really for both of you, but if I told both of you to close your eyes and imagine a utopia, okay, the perfect scenario after the two of you spend the time, the money, the energy, the manpower to work on creating an API scenario that ends up being you know, a utopia in terms of opening up these APIs and allowing agencies across the country and, and in Canada, what would that look like? I don't have to
2: imagine. I'm building it, and I can do it in one <laughs> word. It's called NEON. So I just got so fed up with our current reality is that about three and a half years ago, I just said, you know what, that thing that you asked that Utopia, why don't I just build it? I know everything about how this business works. I've worked on carrier solutions for them. I've run an agency. I've run a market access provider. I've sat on the smartest association boards. I've been in DC. I've been in Hartford, you name it. And I know what needs to happen. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to build it. And so that Utopia is a platform by which we can share access. If you think of a turnpike, right, mm-hmm. you pay to get on and I get off. Nobody cares what you do on that. But mm-hmm. you know, What you can go wherever you want to go, and that's what needs to happen with us. And that's what I know that's what I'm trying to build is that turnpike by which you can get on and get off, go where you need to go, and accomplish what you need to accomplish. And that's three and very important parties all need access to that road the customer, the agent, and the carrier. And so, no more should there be any division between those three. We are solving for the same thing and so we need technologies and solutions that talk that allow the carrier and the customer the agent and the customer the agent and the carrier all of that needs to happen just like passing cars on a turnpike and when you want to get off get off and if you want to get on get on but no more should there be these rules about what you have to do and don't have to do and and what we can and can't do all the while we watch our competition fly by in the left-hand lane doing 100 miles an hour and so yeah, i don't have to imagine i'm building and you know what the likelihood of success is slim. I mean, people tell me I'm crazy and that's a fair assessment of me, but I would rather die trying something crazy that I know is the right solution than succeed in mediocrity. And so Mm. I think that's where I'm at is I want to build that platform and it'll be next year, but I'll be asking agents to jump on that platform with me. And you need a whole nother show on what we're doing that you wouldn't be able to do it justice. But when agents and carriers agree to start acting and behaving the same way in the common interest of the same agent, we can win this thing. Nobody can beat us because we got the beating heart of an agent and a carrier that want to do the right thing, and so we have to maximize that. Technology could be part of it, but it's people, it's process, and it's definitely technology.
1: I just I look at it uh, basically. We've reduced all the friction in the 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 journey, and we've got a great journey taking somebody from being a stranger to being a visitor to becoming a lead to becoming a customer to becoming that promoter, and we've got that down. We've got the amount of money of human resource reduced. We've got the number of steps reduced. And uh, we've got a system in place that flows and runs seamlessly all the, all the time. We're not wasting excess energy in portals. Uh, claims are running smooth where we can get real-time updates and statuses. Claims can be settled directly right through, you know, whether it's chatbots or with somebody over the phone, but that's done seamlessly, and we can track that as a broker or an agent. We know exactly where everybody is on the customer journey and a claim. You know, we know what's going on in the renewal cycle. We have a pulse of our clients to see if they're happy, sad, in a bad spot, if they're at risk of moving or not moving, and uh, we have basically all these dashboards, and we have a good understanding of what's going on in our entire business. We're not guessing, and I think a lot of people right now are using their gut and guessing because they just can't coordinate all this stuff they don't know where they're really at what's really going on and uh you know be able to sleep at night going hey i have everything's connected i know how i'm doing my scorecard is pretty accurate i know how my kpis and all my key areas and i know what actually impacts them and turns them and my system talks really well together and uh that's exciting because at the end of the day you know Brokers will be uh, having, you know, basically more profitable, reducing expenses, higher net promoter scores, getting more referrals, you know, retaining clients longer. That's really what we're trying to do by using technology. And I will point out, technology isn't the solution. It's just a part of the solution. It's a lever. It's a way to do that. It's about coordinating that with your people to provide that whole experience. So uh, even though we talk technology, it's about culture. As Seth mentioned earlier, it's about blending it in. It's about combining all those things to be successful. So
0: I've got one last question. As you move forward with opening up the APIs and working towards, as we talked about, this utopia and working with different carriers and creating these technologies that will help agents, will help brokers, will help um, Everybody, you know, have more of a seamless system to use. Is there a part of you that feels like by doing that, that you're also helping the competition, the Amazons of the world? Because will will they not just take the technology that you create And that these carriers, you know, if they ever do say, you know what, we're going to open up these APIs and we're going to to work to uh, create this seamless integration. Would that not in some way be helping some of the competition to make it easier for them as well?
1: As I said, it could happen anyway, right? Like carriers right now, there's a number of carriers that love you on one side and they're trying to eat your lunch on the other side with their direct arm and they're playing all sides of the fence. And uh, when you build these APIs and open them up, there's always risk that, yeah, they can get into the enemy hands, but there's risk that if we don't do it, it's going to happen anyway. So, Mm -hmm. you know, why not us do it? We have a good chunk of the market. I I think your market share is like 35% overall, but you've got a good chunk of the commercial business market Mm -hmm. in the U.S. I think the personal lines business is closer to 50% in Canada. We've got a good chunk of the market, probably better than any other place in the world. You look at the U.K., they've been disrupted and people have moved direct and the agents and brokers over there have a limited market of personal lines. So we have a period of time that why don't we build it and maintain our clients and start growing and not let these guys in. I think that's critical. And we have to start looking at not just getting current products working well. We have to look at building a platform or an enterprise to blend in other other products into this experience to make sure that we can round that out. And uh, whether it's travel insurance that you can click when you cross the border that the coverage starts and then it ends, whether it's Internet of Thing products, we have to build an ecosystem or platform where and start bolting on new innovative stuff onto it. This is kinda of just a starting point. It's gonna be the different products and things that come onto it. So, you know, I'm not worried about the competitors. They're out there right now trying to eat our lunch and luckily a lot of them haven't been super profitable yet, but they're learning and you know, I always say to people when I speak, you know, it only took one Amazon <laughs> to disrupt the entire industry mm-hmm. and they played the long game and they didn't do it overnight and they didn't really invent anything new. They just connected a bunch of really cool things together and made it their own and in the process they built their servers, which they control a lot of data, turned into a profit center. They got into other things afterwards, you know, their whole shipping ecosystem to be able to ship stuff and how they do that efficiently with the rivals FedEx. They've kind of built that by connecting different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, so I think by us doing it, we need to do it. Otherwise, somebody else will come and do it for us. Mm. And I'd rather make sure that nobody does it to us. I want to make sure they don't get a chance to get a foothold in there.
2: Scott Bradley, that's exactly it. This is going to be done by us or to us. So Mm -hmm. what would you rather have? I I, I say we do it. And the reason Jeff and I are taking the lead and any agent that wants to come with us, please do. Mm -hmm. The gold is right under every agent's feet, but they can't get to it. It's the data. It's the insights that they can produce. And so for most, the pick is too heavy and the gold is too deep and they never get to it. Mm -hmm. We will gladly be the tip of the spear and get this done. But if we don't do this, it's going to be done too us by somebody else and they will take our gold and we
0: should fight for it. That's a great point. Guys, I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you not only being on this show, but doing what you're doing. I want to speak for the 250,000 insurance agents that are listening to this right now. I don't want to say this, whether you like it or not, I do believe this will be your legacy. I believe that anytime someone gets outside the box and starts doing something like this, the time commitment, the money, the energy, the passion, all of that that you're putting into that, I think that we as agents, doesn't matter if you're captive or independent, we owe a debt of gratitude to both of you because what the people listening to this show right now may not understand is what these guys are doing is they are trying to outrace all of these companies that are out there that on a daily basis are working extremely hard to basically pull the rug out from under all of us. And I know when you're in your small town in Iowa or Alabama or Arkansas or montana or wherever you are with your insurance agency you may not see that you may not understand that because you know you're in your weed, the weeds and you're doing your thing in your office and it's hard to wrap your head around what they're talking about right now but basically what they're doing is they're trying to outrace everybody else that's going to in a very short period of time figure out a way to put all of us out of business
1: we don't want to get blockbustered or codact. exactly it's <laughs> probably the best way to look at it exactly. and uh we have to work together and again one of my things is I want to leave the insurance world better than i found it for the next generation.
0: You Absolutely. Know, like, Amen, brother.
1: So that's not just about us. It's about everybody. And, you know, you could build these things to try and get an edge. But if you get in this early and work hard and share people and the law of reciprocity, if you put things out there, good things come back in return. I feel it's important for people to do this. And let's be at the table. Like, let's be honest. The brokers and agents have been afterthoughts in the past. Now we're finally at the table with the companies, the insure techs. We have a place at the table. We're earning it. We're working it we're getting more involved than ever that's a huge turning point because it's always been done to us Mm -hmm. now we're part of doing it together and Mm -hmm. it's a complete mind shift that we need to do through the industry and we deserve to be part of the equation and part of the solution.
0: Well, guys, I'm going to go ahead and close this podcast out. But before I do, I want to say this to the audience listening to this podcast right now, I'm going to tell you what you can do for me, what you can do for Scott Howell, what you can do for Seth, what you can do for Jeff, what you can do for Bradley. When you listen to this podcast, there's a lot of people listening to this podcast right now that have relationships, deep relationships with company individuals, senior leadership of different companies, and the thing you can do for us is you can share this podcast with them. Let them listen to this podcast, and if nothing else, if you do that, maybe that person then shares it with somebody else, and then they reach out to Seth or they reach out to Jeff and they say, hey, I just heard that podcast you did. We'd like to have a meeting with you next month or next week or whatever, To continue having these conversations and to continue moving the ball, as I like to say, matriculating the ball down the field. That's what you as our audience can do today is you can share this podcast with members of senior leadership, with any company that you represent, and let's continue matriculating the ball down the field. Guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on here. I can't tell you how much I appreciate both of you being the tip of the spear. It's a long race. It's a survivor race. It's a race that the two of you are going to get a lot. You probably already have and continue will get a lot of mud on your face doing it. And uh, for any of you agents that want to be a part of Project NEON here in the United States, reach out to us, reach out to Seth. I've already heard him say one time today, you know, more the merrier. I want to get as many people involved in this as we can, but I'm going to go ahead and close this out. Guys, insurance agents from around the world, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today and go out there and sell insurance and make money for your family, make money for your kids, Write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. And the storm is coming. You better stop buying the 2019 GMC Sierra Mountain High Classic truck, and you better be putting money in your bank account and saving money because, as Seth and Jeff just said, the storm is coming, and you need to be ready for that storm. You need to have money set back so that when these guys figure this thing out and they get these platforms set up and ready to go to change your life, to change your kids' lives, to change your wife's life, to change your husband's life, that you will have the opportunity to get on board and be a part of that. Guys, my name is Scott Howell, Bradley Flowers. I love you. You too, buddy. Thanks, guys. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com.